Welcome, and thank you for joining us for the City Baptist Church Podcast. We would love to have you join us for a service in person. You can find all the information you need on our website at citybaptist.church. always bring with it a lot of different emotions, doesn't it? I don't know about you, but uh, as a kid, you know, it was always like, oh man, I'm going to get another year older. And I was excited about that. Uh, now as an adult, it's like, oh, I'm going to get another year older. And I'm not excited about that as I think about what age I'm going to turn in February. I'm not excited about that at all whatsoever. And so you, as you age and as things change, you do look at it a little bit differently. But I think for all of us universally, certainly a new year brings with it a bit of a feeling of hope, doesn't it? Uh, a bit of excitement, whether it's just, hey, I'm going to stay up till midnight for the one night of the year, you know, New Year's Eve, I'm going to stay up that late. Uh, but if it's just excitement about what is to come, uh, maybe about of uh, hope, is maybe things will be different. I know certainly today in 2022, and it's hard to get used to saying that, I got to keep saying that over and over again and not write 2021. Uh, but in 2022, of course, uh, it comes after two years of a lot of uncertainty, doesn't it? Two years of challenges, two years of major changes in our world and in our city, two years of feeling like we're in a suspended momentum, you know, like we're not moving forward and we're wondering like what is happening and there's always things changing even this week. Again, things changing once again. But I do believe that even though we're really on the heels of two years of a lot of change, I really do believe that this year ahead will be a year of us moving forward. And I hope that you believe that as well. You know, you got to have that faith in your heart that, hey, things are going to move forward. We're going to see some things happen, both individually and I believe as a church together. But I also understand that while we have a lot of hope, and I know I'm certainly full of hope as we head into this new year, I hope that you are as well. I do recognize that it is possible, and I don't want to throw a wet blanket on anybody, but it is possible that it might be another year of uncertainty again. That was a weird laugh at the end of that one. It's funny we all laughed. <laughs> we didn't go, oh, we just went, ah, because we're used to that by now, aren't we? It might be another year of uncertainty. It might be another year of change. It might be another year of things not going as we think they should go. It might be another year of difficulties. Again, it's interesting. I've noticed a trend just online uh, in news organizations and uh, blogs and stuff that I read. I've noticed a trend where there's been a, a bunch of articles released recently that basically say, that maybe the idea of setting New Year's resolutions isn't such a good idea anymore. Have any of you seen those articles? And they're like, okay, maybe maybe don't do that. And they're talking about how it, it messes with your mental health and uh, how you, it adds all this added pressure. And they say right now, everybody should just chill out and don't have any expectations and no resolutions. And there's all of this. And I think certainly it's because primarily the insecurity of the last couple of years. And, and of course, the real fact that mental health is at an all-time high as far as people struggling in that area. And so I recognize that's what those articles flow out of. But I think a big part of it is just people are saying, all right, let's just wait and see how this year goes. But the question is for us, whether the year ahead is a good year or a bad year, does that really change how we as Christians should approach the year ahead? Does it? If you knew right now January the 2nd, if you knew right now that the year ahead was going to be a difficult year, how would you change your approach to that year? If you knew right now that 2022 was going to be a year just full of blessings, I mean, every possible blessing that you can think of is going to happen. That raise is going to come, that, uh, that boyfriend's going to be found, you know, that, that relationship's going to be developed, whatever it may be. And you think, man, that's going to be the, the greatest thing that could possibly happen in my life. And it happens. Would it still change the way you approach the year? Now, think about that with me for a moment. Let's think about it. 
whether the year is gonna, ahead is going to be good or whether it's going to be what we call bad. By the way, oftentimes what we consider bad is God doing something good in our life. And sometimes what we consider bad is actually something better for us than if it had gone the way that we wanted it to go. But regardless of what the year ahead of us really is, how should we as Christians approach it? How should we head into a new year regardless of what the outcome should be or what the outcome could be? How do we who have Christ as our Savior, who know and have the security of eternity and we can live above the fear of this world, how should we approach a new year? Well, I believe there's a really simple answer, and I'd like to share that with you this morning from 1 John chapter 1. And so would you turn with me to 1 John chapter 1 this morning? 1 John chapter number 1. And I know my title slide kind of gives it away a little bit, but we're going to talk about walking in the light today, walking in the light of God from 1 John chapter Number one. Now, 1 John is a very interesting book. One of the things that I love about it is that 38 times throughout the book, it uses the word knowledge or know. And it's a definitive word, meaning John is trying to say to us, I want you to know for sure who Jesus is. I want you to know for sure how God wants you to live. I want you to know for sure the direction that you should point your life in. It's a very definitive book, and it's all about knowing exactly what God wants for us. And John, as he opens up this book, he begins in the first 10 verses with two simple phrases, two simple things that he encourages us with that I believe are important for all of us as Christians to make as our focus and our maybe our destination as we head into this new year together. And he begins with this reminder that we see in verse number one. And let's begin there. He says, that which was from the beginning. Now he's speaking about someone here. That which was from the beginning. Who is from the beginning? Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Some of you got it. Yes, God, let's say Jesus as well, right? From the beginning. That's who he's going to reference here in a moment. So that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. Okay, remember, this is the Apostle John. So if he's heard, uh, which we have seen with our eyes. So now who are we talking about here? We're talking about Jesus, uh, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, that means revealed, and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested. There's that word again, revealed unto us. So here at the very outset of the book, John, who's now in his 80s when he's writing this, he is stressing to us that Jesus, the everlasting one, the one that he had seen with his eyes, the one that he had heard with his ears, the one that he had touched with his hands was the everlasting from the beginning. That means that he, in fact, was God himself. He has existed for all eternity with God the Father. And John here, as the eyewitness, is telling us, he's saying that I've seen him, that I've touched him, that I've experienced who he truly is. And the word of life that he mentions there in verse number two is not some illusion. It is actually a fact, an eyewitness account that John is giving to us. And he's telling us that this is not a fairy tale church. Uh, not, not a fairy tale church, but this is not a fairy tale, comma, church. <laughs> this, is a, this is not a, a collection of the things that he's telling us. This is not about man-made stories or something that he made up. John is saying here that he was an eyewitness to the fact that Jesus, the, the everlasting one, came to this earth and lived and died for us. This is what he's saying at the very beginning. He says, listen, I'm talking about the one. My whole book is based off of the one who's been there from the beginning, Jesus Christ. So what is he teaching us here? He's saying here that, listen, I have actually seen and I understand. And so what I'm telling you is real. I love to talk with people who have lived in generations before me. Before my grandfather passed away, I used to love to sit and just talk with him about growing up. You know, he, he grew up, uh, he was born right before the Great Depression. He lived through the Great Depression, World War II. All of these were 
aspects of his life. Very important. You know, you know for us, people are going to say to some of you, like, what was the biggest thing in your life? You're going to be like, COVID. <laughs> you know, uh, 2019 through 2020. You know, whenever uh, that was a big thing in my life, and, and that, may be, uh, that may be one of the biggest things in your life. For me, in my generation, we talk about 9-11 and experiencing that and going through that as a, as a culture. But for him, he went through World War II and the Korean War and Vietnam War. I mean, that was such a big part of what took place in, uh, in, in the society of that day. And I used to sit and talk with him and, and listen, and I'd ask him questions like, what was it like being a kid in the 30s? And the stories he would tell me, it was like, whoa. I remember asking my parents, I've said to my dad, what was it like growing up in the 60s and uh, being in high school in the 60s and, and all of those things? I like to learn. And, and what's so interesting about it is when you talk to somebody who actually lived through those generations is you understand so much more about it. Why? Because it's an eyewitness account. They're telling you this is what actually was going on. It's not just my history test textbook. I mean, this is what was on the ground. This is what was happening. Now, this is what John is saying to us here. John is an eyewitness of Jesus. He walked with him with those years. He was, he was around him. This is the same John who said in uh, John 21, he said, this is the disciple which testified of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. He's emphasizing, says, what I'm telling you is true. Then he said this, and there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they could be written every one, I suppose, even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Think about that. I'd like to know some of those stories that weren't written down. But John here is opening his book to us, and he's starting his letter with a reminder that Jesus is, in fact, who he said he was. And the reason I begin with this today is that when we begin a new year, we need to begin this new year with the recognition that Jesus is who he says he is, okay? He is in control. He is eternal. He is everlasting. He is your Savior, and he also can be the Savior of your friends that need Christ, and he is who he says he is. And we've got to start our year on that foundation, on that foundation that Jesus is the one. He needs to be our foundation for the year to come. Not your business plan, not your personal goals. Jesus needs to be our foundation above all else. Colossians tells us that in all things, he might have the preeminence. That means in all aspects of our life, Jesus should be first place and just as John started out his book in this way, you need to start your year out in this way. Jesus above all else. Jesus first place. He is the one. The eyewitness that is telling us here what he experienced, that Jesus is the one. And this truth is imperative, and it really sets up what we're going to talk about for the rest of the time this morning. Because unless we have Jesus as our firm foundation and focus, the next points really aren't going to help us all that much. But I want to give us a couple of things to focus on as we head into the new year, besides the fact that Jesus should be our foundation, okay? So here we go. We're going to continue in verse number three. But I want to give you the point, first of all, if you're taking notes, write this down. We need to walk in fellowship. So I'm going to give you two areas that we need to walk in. You already know that we're to walk in the light. That was the title slide, so I gave that all away, so it's no secret or anything. Okay, we need to walk in the light. We'll talk about that in a moment. But we also need to walk in fellowship. And I want you to see this here in verse number uh, three together. Let's read this. It says, that which, um, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you. So he says, I've seen these things, that ye also, he says, I'm telling you these things, that we also, uh, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So two times we see the word fellowship here. Now, the word translated fellowship means a partnership. It means community. It means oneness. And John here is giving us a wonderful truth, and it has two parts to it. The first part of the truth is this. You can have fellowship with God. That's what he's saying. It is possible for you to have community. It is possible for you to have oneness 
with God. And, and it's something that you can experience through a relationship with him. I think, honestly, for most people, that is possibly what they are searching the most above anything else. People that are searching for so many things in this world, but ultimately, if they would just recognize that, okay, I need to search for fellowship, community, oneness with God, they would experience that fulfillment that they're searching. And so here he says, it is possible for you to have fellowship. You can have this oneness with God, but not only that, look again at the verse, you can also have community with each other. So number one, we can have fellowship with God and we need to walk in that fellowship, but also we need to walk in fellowship with one another. Notice how it says that ye also may have fellowship with us. Here's the point, because of Jesus Christ, because of our communal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, it's possible for us as people, as individuals, to have fellowship with each other, to have community with each other, to have conversation with each other, to have a unique, a unique relationship that really you don't find in this world. You know, fellowship's kind of a distinctly Christian word, isn't it? Right, outside of fellowship of the ring and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Um, but most of you aren't like, hey, guys, you know, hey, it's almost lunchtime. Let's go have some fellowship in the break room together. You don't really say that to your coworkers like, oh, you know, let's have some fellowship after work today. Let's all go out for some fellowship. No, that's kind of a Christian thing, you know, that we use. And, it, and the reason is, we, you know, with our friends, we say, oh, let's go hang out. You know, and that means a certain thing. But for us, when we say fellowship as Christians, it's not just food, right? We think of the, the three Fs, food, fun, and fellowship, right? Uh, that's the, the Christian, <laughs> Christian uh, ones. But uh, what it really means is a connection time. It's a time for us to actually connect on a unique level, by the way. And it's a special level. It, it's, not, it's not just based off of surface things, it's not based just off of, oh, you know, oh, you have, a, you have a Toyota and I have a Toyota. Oh, wow, we're best friends. It's not like that at all. It's deeper than that. And the deepness of it comes from our relationship with Jesus Christ. And he says here that I want you to walk in the, that way. I want you to walk in those things. These are gifts given to us by God. Fellowship with God and fellowship with one another are actual gifts that are given to us. And you say, well, why is he emphasizing it? Well, I think he's emphasizing it because of what he says in verse four, where he says, in these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Now think about that for a moment. He says, you can have fellowship with God. You can have fellowship with each other. And what is the result of that? A fullness of joy, a fullness of joy. Because of our shared relationship with Jesus Christ, we can experience the same joyful fellowship that John experienced with Jesus and the other disciples as well, the other believers. See, proclamation of our faith produces fellowship. When we, uh, when we say uh, publicly, and we identify with a local church, and we identify with one another as followers of Jesus Christ, there is something that comes from that, and that is fellowship. And fellowship, true fellowship, develops joy in the believer's life. And this joy is complete if we would remain into that fellowship and stay plugged into it. John is trying to encourage us. Remember, John was kind of like a granddaddy to a lot of the churches in the New Testament. He was kind of somebody who helped oversee and, and, and give instruction and direction. And so for him, as he looks at these churches as almost like his little children, he says, I want you to stay plugged in. I want you to stay connected with one another because he recognized that the joy that everyone is searching and looking for is found in that. Remember in Galatians chapter five, joy is a fruit or a byproduct of the Holy Spirit's work in the believer's lives. We also know that joy comes as a result of a harmonious living together and working together and serving together among believers and Acts and Philippians uh, teach us those truths. So what do we understand from this? Here's what I want us to understand is that true joy, church, the joy that you hope to experience in 2022, the joy that you're looking for, 
is found through fellowship. It is found through community. That's why as we begin this year together, I want to encourage each of you personally to put a focus on fellowship. Put a focus on fellowship. Put a focus on your communion with God and your community with each other. Communion with God and community with each other. Those are two things that we can learn to put as really, I would say, one of the higher levels of focus for each of us in this coming year if you want to experience joy. By the way, this isn't the only passage that talks about this. There's scripture all throughout, uh, all throughout the word of God that talks about the idea here of working together. And so I want to encourage you with that thought. Maybe you have strayed away from your walk with God individually. Maybe right now you are not in fellowship with God. Maybe you have distanced yourself. Maybe you feel distanced from your church family. Would you make the focus of, of, of fellowship a primary aspect of your relationships and of your life as you head into this year? It's going to take maybe leaving behind some of the struggles of last year. You realize that, right? It's going to maybe take you stepping into and having a pure and an open heart. Maybe there's some forgiveness that needs to take place. Whatever it may be, would you make your walk with God and your community of believers a priority as we head into this new year? Make it such a priority that your schedule works around the things of God, not the things of God around your schedule. It's so easy sometimes to get those two things mixed up. Or like, well, if my schedule allows, I'll go to church. If my schedule allows, I'll read my Bible. If my schedule allows, I'll spend some time with my brothers and sisters in Christ. No, no, no. Make that a priority and fit your schedule around that. All of us are in control of those kind of things. You realize that. You have the ability to control your schedule. That's one of the great things about having a schedule is that you can control it. And you, you, know, you have certain things that are locked in, but some of those things that should be locked in right away should be your relationship with the Lord and your relationship with your church family. And get those things locked in as New Year's resolutions or New Year's goals. See, the result of a life that's following God is an incredible joy that can be brought to our hearts. And here's the point. If you're walking in fellowship with God and you're walking in fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ and you're making that a focus, I'll tell you what, no matter what comes your way, you're gonna have joy. You're gonna have joy. You're gonna have joy. No matter what this year has for us. And this is really the whole point of this message today is that no matter what is coming our way and we don't know, you can have joy through fellowship with God and fellowship with each other. Do you know who you need to turn to when the difficulty comes? God. <laughs> Do you need to turn to when the challenges in life come up? Man, turn to your brothers and sisters in Christ. They're the ones who can pray with you, can understand your pain and your difficulty on a deeper level than anybody else. They're the ones who can walk beside you and help you. You ever tried to share something really intimate and maybe really deep with someone who you thought was your friend, and as soon as you shared that really deep thing with them, they were like, ooh, TMI, right? And all of a sudden, you found them distancing themselves from you, and you, man, you're like, whoa, all I did was share my heart with you, and they started distancing themselves. I'll tell you this, your church body, your family of believers, when you share who, you share your heart with them, they'll come closer to you. They'll, they'll draw close to you because they'll, they'll recognize the vulnerability that you have with them and they'll be encouraged by it and they'll want to encourage you with it. And that's, and that's really what we need to get to ourselves is this joy that is full comes through fellowship. And God wants us to experience joy no matter what it is that we're facing. And so we need to walk in fellowship. I believe it's critical to your health as a Christian. 
It's a critical thing that you walk in fellowship. Well, John continues now as we come to verse number five, and he gives us now the complete solution to this, and that is simply to walk in the light. So let's walk in fellowship and then walk in the light. I love this in verse number five. He says, this then is the message which we have heard of him, that's Jesus, and declare unto you. Here's what he's declaring, that God is light. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. See, John is trying to show us that the source of true fellowship, that a clear understanding of who God is, is wrapped up in understanding that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. It reminds me of John 8, 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. Remember, we preached on that just this last year, the I am's of Christ. And uh, he said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Here's the thing. God is light in such a way that there is no darkness in him at all whatsoever. James 1.17 tells us that he is the father of lights. There's no variableness of shadow, meaning that God is a surrounding light. God is light. He is light all of the time. In every place, there is no darkness. And the realm of our God is light. What does that mean? It means that to him, everything is open and everything is exposed and everything is seen. In the presence of God and with God's presence, there is clear vision. There is the ability to see truth. Uh, In the light of God, it is the domain of righteousness. It is the place of God's glory. It is where the word of God shines through to us. I'll tell you this, where God is, the light is everything the world is not. That is God. See, the devil is the prince of darkness, isn't he? But God is the king of light. And then in verse seven, he says, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, So God is light. We must walk in the light. We have fellowship one with another. There it is again. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Here's the idea that John is trying to get across to us this morning. He's saying God is light. And if we want to experience true connection and fellowship with God and each other, then we must be willing to place ourselves in the sin-exposing, darkness-eradicating light of the word. We must be willing to place ourselves under the light of God and under his authority. And what that does is it sometimes exposes things that we don't want to be seen. Sometimes it exposes things that we don't want to be reminded about that's already in our own heart and in our own life, right? But yet it is the source of true fellowship because then your fellowship with one another becomes genuine. Nobody's faking it. Does that make sense? Because we're walking in the light. We've gotten right with God. I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes, the the dangers to the light or the, the hindrances to the light. But he's saying that we must be people that are walking in the light of God. Then we can experience this true fellowship. But then John brings up a, a problem. So he says, listen, walk in the light. And that's a great, I mean, statement. Like, just walk in the light, okay? We got it, okay? Walk in the light. But then there's a problem that he brings up. And and the problem is this, is that even though we have the light, even though we're able to be exposed to the light and able to walk in the light, I mean, he says walk in it, that means we can walk in the light of God. But what he brings up is an issue, and that is this, that many of us, though we have the light and can walk in the light, we choose to walk in darkness. I'm going to read just the next few verses here. Verse 6 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we, say that word with me, we lie and do not the truth. Verse 8 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves 
and the truth is not in us. Verse number 10 says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Notice there, each of those times says, if we say. So this is a personal uh, statement that we make. So we know that God is light, but yet often we make these statements. And here's what he's trying to get across is that light and darkness cannot exist at the same time any more than light can exist in a room once you flip on the light, or darkness can exist once you flip on the lights. And you walk into a room that's dark, you turn on the lights, boom. All right, where's the darkness? It's gone because the light came on. And he's trying to uh, show here that, listen, those two things cannot work together. If the light is on and we're walking in the light, then there is no darkness. And this is a common problem for believers today because there's many that say, like we have in this verse here, if we say, there's many of us that say that we're in fellowship with God. If, if I was to ask you, hey, are you walking with God in fellowship? Yes, yes, I am. I'm walking in fellowship with God. But the reality is, is that there's darkness still in your life. So you're saying something that's not actually true. Now, the verses here are really clear. He says you're lying to yourself. You're lying to God. You're lying to other people that are in your life. And and you might be thinking, man, this is really harsh. It is. (laughs) But thankfully, it's not me saying this. It's the Apostle John saying this. The one, the eyewitness. And what he's doing here is he is revealing three Uh, common misconceptions that we have about God. Here's the common misconceptions, and I want us to get these. One of the uh, common misconceptions is that we can have the light or we can be in sin and still be in fellowship with God. That's the misconception there of verse number six. It says, we say we have fellowship with him, but we're actually walking in darkness. So that's a misconception that we have as Christians that I am in fellowship with God, but in fact, I have sin in my life. And he says, if that's, the, if that's the case, you aren't really walking in the light. You're walking in darkness. That's a misconception. We think that we can have fellowship with God and hold on to sin. So what's the opposite side of that? What that, what that is saying is that if you have sin, you are not in fellowship with God. And, and when it's put in those, those terms, those real harsh, straight terms, It really sits deep, doesn't it? Kind of hits us. That's one misconception. Another misconception that we see is that we believe sometimes that we are innately good. Notice there in verse 8, he says, but if we say that we have no sin. So this is describing a person who says, I'm all good. I don't have any any problem with sin. I don't struggle. I'm I'm all good. I got no sin at all. Notice the, the, the response to that. You deceive yourself and the truth is not in you. So you're, in fact, believing a lie. But that's a misconception that we have, that all of us are innately good, that somehow I'm okay. Listen, we know that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We know that within us dwells no good thing. We cannot achieve righteousness or godliness without the righteous and the godly one. But a third misconception here is that I can become sinless and righteous on my own. Again, he says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. These verses here take these misconceptions that many people have and it just blows them out of the water. <laughs> the misconception that I can be in fellowship with God and still be walking in sin, that I am, you know, I'm pretty much good. I don't really have a lot of things that are, that are pro- a problem in my life. And what is happening here is that the light is exposing us. And the true light of God reveals that our greatest struggle is that we live in denial. Now, there's nothing more pitiful than somebody who lives in denial, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> By the way, we all live in denial in some respects, right? Like, I still feel like I'm 25. <laughs> and I try to do things that a 25-year-old will do, and then I just injure myself. That's living in denial. But we all know what it means. We, we all know people who live in denial. You know, the, the guy who thinks he's an athlete, who is not, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, the person who at your work who thinks they're the boss, but they're not. They're living in denial, right? They think they're in control of everybody else, but they're not. They're in denial. What do we want to happen to people who are living in denial around us? We want them to stop living in that way, right? Just stop living in that way. And here's the thing. Many believers are living in denial. We like to pretend. We even convince ourselves, maybe even deceive ourselves, that we are walking with God. But in fact, we are not. We might have even convinced other people that we're walking with God. Our social media may look like they are a godly, godly person. And so we use these things and we use other people's affirmation and things that we post online and ideas that we try to create. And really all we're doing is living in denial. We're believing that we're walking with God, that we're walking in the light. But the, re- the truth is this, we're stumbling around in the darkness. John chapter 12, verse 35 says, and Jesus said, Yet a little while the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. means you don't know where you're going if you're walking in darkness. See, the reason that so many Christians today are not seeing maybe the victory in their lives that they want to see Maybe the reason that they're not making Christ-honoring decisions, maybe the reason you don't feel connected to God or to others is simply because you're walking in darkness rather than walking in the light. You might say, well, how do I know if I'm walking in darkness, Pastor? How do I know that? Well, to walk in darkness is when you follow the path of your flesh rather than the path of God's light. In other words, when you know what God's word says and you simply choose not to do it. And we can, we can pull any number of things, whether it's uh, reading the Word of God, whether it's being faithful to, to your church family, whether it's uh, faithfulness uh, to your, your, your spouse, whether it's purity of mind, whether it's pursuing the truth, whether it's giving, all of these things that we know are true and know that, that, that God has placed out here for us to follow if we want to walk uh, in a path of righteousness and He's given it to us and we choose not to do it. If, if, if that becomes the pattern of your life, then eventually what's going to happen is that the fellowship with God that you desire, that joy that brings fullness, becomes a distant memory because you become so self-pursuing. You're pursuing the things of self so much. I'd also suggest you're walking in darkness when your personal goals overshadow and eliminate spiritual pursuits. Now listen, God has given all of us the ability and, and, and the desire to grow. And I think the new year is one of those times where we share goals with one another. And I think it's good for you to write down some goals, have things that you want to accomplish and, uh, and, and things that you want to see happen. I have a friend of mine, really good friend of mine, and he just shared with me his goals for 2022. I'm super honored that I'm supposed to be the one who's keeping him accountable on those things. I'm, I'm going to be so mean. No, I'm just, <laughs> why haven't you lost all that weight yet? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> But, you know, he's got goals, spiritual, personal, financial, uh, uh, pers- all of these different categories of goals that he had. And he really encouraged me. And so guess what I did after I got his list? I copied it and made it mine. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But we do. And I think it's a good thing. We should have goals. We should have things that we want to see accomplished. But if my personal goals, and by the way, those are good things. They're not bad things. God has maybe put that in your heart to do. 
But when your personal goals, whether it's a financial goal or whatever it may be, when your personal goals always seem to come above God's plan and God's goals for you, that's when things start to get out of balance. And I believe you can find yourself walking in darkness pretty quickly. And you might even say, I'm providing for my family. (laughs) I'm providing for the future. I am building something uh, so that my kids won't have to worry uh, one day about finances, which by the way, that's doesn't matter how much money you give your kids, they're going to worry about finances. This is how it is, okay? But, you know, I'm, I'm going to build this thing. I'm going to, I'm going to build this career. I'm going, to, I'm going to do all of these things. And they're good things, and you should do them. But if they take any precedent over the things of God, you're not walking in the light. And so when there's sin in our life, and when we're putting our personal things above the pursuit of God, our fellowship with him will become a distant memory. So what can we do if we're walking in darkness? How do we get back to walking in the light of God? I think you guys understand the key in verse number nine where it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right in the middle of all of that stuff, he gives us the answer to how to walk in the light, how we can have daily fellowship with God. It is by confessing our sins. That's our sins of commission. That's what we do on purpose. I sinned, I knew it was wrong and I still did it. As well as our sins of omission. I knew I should do it, but I didn't do it. And, and both of those categories fit in there. Sometimes we, we're really laser beam focused on the sins of commission, right? I know I did this, Lord, I'm sorry. But oftentimes we know, the Bible says that he who knows to do good and do, does it not, to him it is sin. And that's what we're talking about here. Things that you know you should be doing that are right, but you just haven't done them. You're just not doing them. That's a sin of omission. So you've left that out of your life. And so we must confess those things as well as the sins of our thoughts, our actions, both secret and public. And here's what we got to do, church. We got to drag them out into the open. We got to bring them into the light of God. We need to name them. We need to choose to stand with God and stand with his word and abandon that sin and leave it behind. See, true confession always involves forsaking and turning away from our sin. And that's what he's trying to say to us here. He says, if you confess your sins, you need to confess it and forsake it and turn away from it. Proverbs 28, 13 says that he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, meaning you are not in the light, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. As we head into this new year of 2022, I want to ask you to walk in the light and to learn to walk in the light, to follow God's leading, to obey his word, to submit to his will to live as close to God as you can, to seek him with all of your heart, to explore his word, to allow the Holy Spirit to be filling you at all times. And that is how we can experience this idea of fellowship and walk in fellowship with him and with others. See, if God is light, then I wanna be in the light if I'm gonna have true fellowship with him. There is no other way. Walking in the light is what the Christian life is supposed to be. Glorious and righteous. It's pleasing to the Lord. Like Adam and Eve before the fall, enjoying the presence of God at all times, being right with him is another way that we put it. And it's a wonderful place to be. And frankly, it's not a place that we all are all the time, is it? And it's, it's hard to, to look back and to think about the seasons of life and the time where we were not right with God. And you know what is so funny is that I wonder sometimes in my own life, if I'm not right with him and, I'm, and I've got something that's just not right with him or with somebody else, how much I crave joy and fellowship with God. And I think to myself, where is it? Where is it? The answer is always found, it's in here somewhere. 
but I've got to clear the way. I've got to expose my life to the light so that I can walk in fellowship with God. So the question for us this morning is this, are you walking in the light? Really simple. Are you walking in the light? Are you walking in fellowship? Are you experiencing that joy, that fullness of joy, or are you simply living in denial about the sins of your life? Here's what I want to encourage you with this morning. Confess your sin. He is faithful and he is just to forgive us of our sin, meaning he knows our hearts. He knows the sincerity of our hearts and he will forgive you of your sin and he will make all things right and he will bring you back in that place of light and that place of righteousness and that place of fellowship with God. I want to be in the light. This year, I want to be walking around with a spotlight of the light of God around me. (laughs) So that even if I'm walking through a valley or I'm walking through deep waters or I'm walking through a fire, I'm still in the light. Because there is fullness of joy. There is is a unique sense of God's grace that is only possible as I walk in his light. And that's what I want for this year. And I hope that you would desire the same thing. But the steps are really simple. Let's pursue God, first of all, relationship with him, fellowship with him. That always leads to fellowship with each other in a very unique and a special way. Make your local church a priority. Make fellowship and community a priority. And then also walk simply in the light. Get things right with him. I think the first Sunday of the year is always a great time to get and start with a clean slate. You understand that phrase? I guess we don't use that. We don't use slates in school anymore too much, you know? But just, I mean, things clean, and you can do that by confessing your sin today and getting right with God. It's amazing to me that often when I go to the Lord in prayer, how he just brings things to my heart and my mind that I need to get right with him. And so I'd encourage you to do that today. Let's start off this year in the light of God. Let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning. And Christian's going to play just for a few moments. And I want to give all of us an opportunity to pray. To spend some time in genuine conversation with God. Ask him, say, God, am I, am I in denial about my sin? Am I, am, I, am I the kind of person who thinks that I can somehow have fellowship with you and also have sin in my life? Would you reveal the truth to us? Maybe there's some sin in your life that you need to confess and make right with God right now. Would you do that? Would you get it right? Maybe there's someone you need to forgive. There's somebody that you need to give grace to. Maybe there's an adjustment to your new year plan that needs to happen. Whatever it may be, would you get right with the Lord today? Would you walk in his light? And let's start today. Well, we do want to thank you so much for tuning into the message today. And if it's been a help and encouragement to you in any way, uh, we would ask that you share the podcast. You can easily do that on either social media or maybe just uh, text the link to a friend. But like I said, it's our mission to help others find and follow Jesus here in Vancouver, uh, all across Canada and even around the world. And so you sharing the message today can really contribute towards that. Also, we would love for you to make a connection with us if you haven't already. And so the two best ways to do that is either by liking our Facebook page, that's City Baptist Church, or following our Instagram account, Advanced City Baptist. 
And of course, you can check out our website at citybaptist.ca. We do have all of our past sermon series on there available for you to stream, uh, past services, uh, worship, and just lots of other content and resources there to encourage you and strengthen you in your walk with God. But once again, thank you so much for tuning in today. We are looking forward to next week's message. We love you, we're praying for you, and we're here for you.